Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. When the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said, so he sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And when they brought him a denarius, and then he said, Whose head is this and whose title? And they answered, the emperors. And then he said, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperors, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are created in your image. And all that we are, we owe to you. Help us live in that hope that we are yours and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Late one night in Washington, D.C., a mugger stepped into the path of a well-dressed man and stuck a gun in his ribs and said, Give me your money. The indignant man replied, You can't do this to me. I'm a U.S. congressman. The robber said, In that case, give me my money. (laughs) The Pharisees in the text are concerned about Jesus' growing popularity. They regard him as a threat. They either want to expose him as a charlatan and a fraud or paint him as a revolutionary, a threat to the government. So they set a trap. They sent the disciples, their disciples, to try to trap him. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of truth, integrity, and what you teach the way of God in accordance with that truth. But Jesus wasn't about to be seduced by such high praise from the Pharisees and and temple priests. That was the bait. The trap was, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? They thought they had Jesus. If he went with the followers that were enjoying his power, then Rome would kill Jesus. And if he went with the Romans, then his followers would not follow Jesus. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, says, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? 
Show me the coin used for paying the tax. So they handed him a denarius. Whose image? Whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. So give to Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is to God. They were amazed, and they left him. The obvious point in this text is, what were the Pharisees doing in the temple with an unclean coin? We know that Jesus cleansed the temple during this time, and that the only coin inside the temple was to be the Jewish temple coin. But they had a coin that they showed Jesus inside the temple, a coin that says, Caesar is God. They were shown to be insincere. But it's also interesting to note what Jesus does not say in our story today. He doesn't say there's two realms. He doesn't say there is the realm of being religious and the realm of being secular. His answer is more complicated. He says, whose picture? Give that to Caesar. But then he adds the harder question. Whose image are you made in? What belongs to God? What kind of tribute do you give God? So what does that mean for us today? Part of the lesson is that we learn how to interact with governing authorities and at the same time maintain our identity and our calling to be a Christian. For some people, the difference between government and faith is line up very nicely. For other people, the government and faith do not line up at all. And there is a conflict. What's difficult for us to realize that there are good people of faith on both sides of that consciousness. So the key for us is to learn how faith interacts with government, how faith interacts when we have fellow believers who have different points of view. And we need to work on what is the good news and what does justice look like in our world. The question is, can we trust God to work even with those who believe differently than what I believe? I hope. That's the answer. I hope we can give to God what is God's. Faith, hope, love. 1 Corinthians 13, right? 
if we take that as a lens, as our glasses, to look at this story, and we look at what happened to, between Jesus and the Pharisees and the Herodians, we learn something about loyalty. We learn in choosing in what and in whom we place our hope. So what is hope? Hope is a reality grounded in something that's real. At the end of the day, hope is not utopia. Hope is not pie in the sky. Hope is something that has been seen and witnessed and experienced. Otherwise, hope is just a fantasy. Paul talks about hope because he has experienced the resurrected Christ. This text in Matthew is also about our hope. Where do we put our loyalties? How does loyalties lift up hope? Is our loyalty based on something real? Has the one in whom we have put our hope and behavior justify our hope? Who deserves your hope? What's worthy of our hope? So the question when it comes to looking at taxes, at government, is the loyalty. We have hopes in the people around us. It may be a political figure, it may be a teacher, it may be a spouse, it may be a friend. We have hopes interacting with all of those people. We are loyal to authority figures such as teachers because we hope that we will learn something. We are loyal to friends because we have hope that as our friendship is given, we will receive that friendship. We are loyal to spouses because we have hope for companionship and partnership into the future. In what, in whom, do we have hope? Why do we have hope? Is our hope ever misplaced? Is it ever unjustified? Is hope real? Is it founded in something? Is it defensible? The truth is, we have disappointments in life, and we have hopes that are misdirected and or destroyed. When we place our hope in people and institutions and governments and organizations, it's just a temporary hope. The hope we have is in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit accompanies us into the places where our hopes have been dashed. Because the Holy Spirit is real and true and trustworthy, therein is the hope. Faith, hope, and love is in that Holy Spirit. So how do we see what happens to our hope? How is our faith built up? 
pastor in Minneapolis put markers in the pews, and I didn't have enough markers, so I decided I'd just tell you the story. Do it when you get home. Take a marker, open up your billfold, and pull out your favorite credit card, and put a cross on it. Or if you don't use credit cards, pull out your biggest denomination and put a cross on it. And maybe a couple other denominations, too. And as you go through your life, every time you pull out that credit card, I guarantee you will see the cross, and it will make you think about, where is my money going? Am I spending my money in line with where my faith is? Will it change how I make decisions about spending? The church in Minneapolis found that it wasn't a burden. In fact, it made faith grow because it was looking to what God gives us. We are a child of God. No amount of spending or charging can change that. What it does is it makes us look to God in whose image we are made. Faith and government. Christians of the Confessing Church in Nazi Germany challenge the Nazis' ideology and their practices. This text was one of the texts used to separate church and state. But that is not the meaning of the text. There are no religious and secular divisions. There is only God. So that church in Nazi Germany resisted the government. And they were a lot like Jesus in that Jesus did not fall into a trap and was killed, at least right away. The confessing church in Nazi Germany worked against but within the system. And it leaves us with a question. Where does Caesar ask too much? Or what part of our life does Caesar have no right to ask? Another example. There was a presenter at a workshop. And his story was that he always gave to his church more than what was taxed in the government. He did this to show himself where his greater allegiance lay, that it did not have power over him. So the point of this text is that we have to struggle with giving our whole selves to God, doing what God would have us do in our whole life, including death and taxes. 
Amen.